My talkers, what a hump day it is right now. 76 and sunny outside. Does it get any better? Oh, yes, it does. With Lori and Julia oh, taking man, you guys on the ride you. home. Is it November 2nd? Right? Goodness. What a day. What a day. Yeah, that is really... Really it's lovely. Lovely. Lovely, it's lovely, lovely, lovely. It's lovely when winter doesn't start in October. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. I think it snowed last year about October 16th or something like that. Oh, so we, this is beautiful. We didn't like it. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, we did not like that. Um, last year was a weird, well, all of it's weird with all weather of these it. days. You yeah. know what? The last year has felt like a dream state, Julia. I swear to God, so much has happened and not happened and <laughs> worrying about this, that, and the other thing. But, um... I have a little, just a little plug to give. Okay. Um, I was getting, um, I had a double beauty appointment. So Grant had a lot of little stories coming for me because I was in the chair getting blonded. And then I was in another chair getting plucked, getting my eyebrows done. Lovely. Leah, the eyebrow guru, she uh, works out of the Cosbar in Edina. Oh, she does. Okay. And I love that beauty place. We love that place. place. Mm -hmm. But they have all their little, um, Holiday holiday bundles bundles, uh, coming in. So um, if you're looking for like I got a little I got a little three pack of Charlotte Tilbury lipsticks. Uh Uh-huh. Very cute. Very petite. Very petite. But then you can see the cut. You get three three for thirty two dollars. I thought that was pretty good. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. But they had a lot of just the little, you know, packages or little gift boxes because sometimes I always think, oh, if you don't know to buy a girl. Go to a nice makeup store like the Cosbar, yeah. and you can find something. Agreed. They're lovely in there. And there's a lady named Helmy who people who She's love. Been there. We know her. Yeah, uh-huh. she worked at Saks uh-huh. in the cosmetics, and then she went to Neiman Marcus, uh-huh. and um, she's amazing. So she's at Cosbar now. So anyway, just wanted to give a little shout-out to uh, things seem to be going very well at 50th in France. Construction seems to be over, and things are Things are back. Dinah Theater is open again. And oh, nice. There's Beautiful. so many good restaurants over there. You know, we still, I still haven't gone to that Mr. Paul's. That's like the New Orleans. Right. You know, that place. A lot of, lot of good places. It, well, and speaking of food, you know, yesterday when we were on the air, we found out that the food writer known for Julie and Julia, which became the movie, passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 49. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so the New York Times had her her obituary, her story, really, and she had decided um, how that all came about is um, she was about to turn 30 in 2002. Yes. It was a year after 9-11. Things were in flux, you know, uh, with everything. And she was like, I'm 30 and I have no purpose to my life. And so... She was doing freelance writing and to lend structure to her day. She thought, I'm going to cook all 524 recipes from her mom's well-worn copy of Julia Child's 1961 classic, Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Mm-hmm. And she's, it was the early days of blogging. And she did it as a blog for Salon.com. Lori, we had her on for Julie and Julia. We've been trying to figure out what book we had her on. I have that book at home. We had her on for this. For the book, yes. Julia, it, and Julia, Julia and Julia, My Year of Cooking yes, Dangerously. we had her on for that. Okay. Because Lori and I are going like... We we're going ha- crazy. I have that book in my book stand at home, and I don't buy books for myself. I get them through right. this job. 
So she did yes. these long updates and the very funny. Mm-hmm. And after the year was up and people were like, and remember, like, even we did this with our body perks thing, you know, having it be interactive with Perky people making... Perky we had a thing on our website, Perky Encounters, yeah, for where people perks. would tell us what they did when they would go out with their perky nipples. Genius. Yeah, I know. This is 2000. And this was the early days of blogging. And this was yeah. kind of one of the things because you had the interactive. Yeah. And so the Very comments cool. were just as popular as her post. Mm-hmm. And it was like this self-deprecating style. And this writer who's founded this website, Food 52, was a reporter for the New York Times. And she wrote about this project. Interest exploded. Um, the Julie Julia project upended food writing because they'd never read, never she she was fresh and spirited, and yeah, you know, not other amateur food writers begin to realize that they could cook their way through cookbooks, and it sort of democratized food writing, and uh, and so little and. Little Brown and Company turned the blog into a book, Julie and Julia, 365 Days, 524 Restaurants, a tiny apartment. It sold a million copies, but it sold more under the paperback copy, which was called Julie and Julia, My Year of Cooking mm-hmm. Dangerously. Then in 2009, Nora Ephron makes the movie with Meryl Streep, yes. Amy Adams. It's Nora Ephron's last movie. Oh, I loved it. And... Remember Stanley Tucci was oh, Paul. I loved it. it was so good. And Julie Powell, who passed away yesterday, was she was happy for the story to be Nora Ephron's story because it kind of sanded down some of the quirky and spiky edges of what she wrote. And for the first time ever, Julia Childs, that cookbook, went to the bestseller list for the first time since it was published, based on that movie. Right. And um Julia Child never saw the movie. But she was familiar with uh, Julie Powell's project. Russ Parsons, a former Los Angeles Times food editor, he was one of the first people to report on the blog. He sent Julia Child, then in her 90s, some excerpts from the Salon blog. She was very affront. She took great affront. She did not think it was funny. She told Mr. Parsons that she had tested and retested the recipes so that they would be accessible to cooks of all Skill levels, she must not be much of a cook to have this much trouble. Funny. So she didn't think much of it. And um, she, you know, just they got some comments from her brother, her husband, whom she met in high school. And her second book was called Cleaving a Story, a Story of Marriage, Meet, and Obsession. And it dived deeply into her relationship, talking about affairs she had, a husband had. It did not get anywhere near the kind of acclaim that her first book did. And um, she was a very funny follow on Twitter. And her husband once said to her, you hate everyone and you love everyone. That is your gift. And that became her Twitter bio. I hate everyone and love everyone. Yeah. And uh, so she was only 49 years old and um, had been, had had bad COVID like in September. And, um, and she had a, yeah, a heart attack and um so anyway that seems like a very you know terrible like 49 and so right and right. having that uh whether or not they're related i don't know but it was um it was yeah she was uh she gave us julie and julia mm-hmm. and that is if you've never seen that movie it's fantastic i still have the book
Yeah. I still have the book. You know, it's it's funny how you can go back in your life because of book covers. Right. And how you can place yourself. It's like music used to be when we were growing up, and I think it turned into books with this job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a shout out for Julie on HBO. I don't know that you ever watched it. I did never watch it, but I heard it was fantastic. It, it's really good. David Hyde Pierce plays her husband, Paul, and they had such... Judith Light is in it. Um and um, Sarah Lancaster plays Julia Child. It's it was good. Yeah. I think it's getting a second season, maybe. But that's also so. a different way to see it. But I love knowing that Julia uh, Childs uh, did not um, think much of this blog mm-hmm. because she she's like she obviously doesn't know how to cook if she can't was do. Was she my in rest. a small kitchen? Remember, she was in yes. that loft apartment yes. and then finding all these ingredients. ingredients. That's the thing. I mean. <laughs> I've never made anything from the joy of cooking. That was the Julia Child's book. No, Mastering oh, the Masters, Art of... Oh, Masters, thank you, thank you. Mastering the Art of French Cooking. That's it. I've never, ever made a Julia Child's, and I know you haven't. Oh, for sure I haven't. <laughs> My goodness, no. But I mean, it would be interesting to try to make one. That's why you... Lunds has roast chicken. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Roast chicken has saved our world, yeah. hasn't it? All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Just say if you have a black hairy tongue, it's a serious fungal infection, and don't let your doctor ignore it. No, we just looked at the images of it. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to Julie Powell. She died the next day. She woke up with black hairy tongue and died the next day. So, don't let your doctor ignore that symptom. That's pretty bad. Good lord, you know. And speaking of that, so. Lots of time in the chair today getting blonded, and I had time to look at my New York Times and read. You know, sometimes their interviews are take 10 minutes to read each well, one. Right. And so <clears throat> I really feel like I only get my money's worth out of the New York Times when I'm at a salon. Because it, it's not like a Sunday morning where you used Remember, we used to just sit around and page after page. Yes, I, yes. I like that. So, our damn phones. So I'm, I'm reading um, Christine Christina, Christina Applegate's uh, interview with the New yes. York Times, and she told the New York Times uh, because Dead to Me season three, the last season, is coming back to Netflix on November seventeenth, and she had had to quit the show in the middle of filming this because she was diagnosed with MS. And one of the things she told the New York Times is that um, she said, I wish I hadn't ignored the symptoms, the worsening. I kept having all these balance issues. I couldn't play tennis like I used to. I had trouble in dance. My fingers and toes tingled and I ignored it and I wished I hadn't. So this is just an overview from um, GMA about Christina's interview with the New York Times, which was published today. This morning, actress Christina Applegate getting candid with the New York Times about what it was like filming the third and final season of her hit Netflix show, Dead to Me, on the heels of her 2021 multiple sclerosis diagnosis. There's something I have to confess. The 50-year-old star revealing production shut down for about five months, telling the Times there was the sense of, well, let's get her some medicine so she can get better, adding, there is no better, but it was good for me. I needed to process my loss of my life, my loss of that part of me, so I needed that time. Applegate shot to fame in the late 80s on the hit sitcom Married with Children, going on to star in two Anchorman films along with other big screen outings. Mr. Burgundy, you are acting like a baby. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. 
I am an anchor man. Applegate now saying she wanted to share this with viewers ahead of Dead to Me's November 17th premiere, telling the Times, this is the first time anyone's going to see me the way I am. I put on 40 pounds. I can't walk without a cane. I want people to know that I am very aware of all of that. There are scenes that viewers will see where she couldn't really stand. And so she has a longtime friend of hers, a sound technician, and he would be lying on the floor holding her legs so that she could stay upright. Multiple sclerosis is the most common progressive neurologic disease of young adults worldwide. Most recent studies estimate at least 700,000 individuals in the U.S. with the disease, and it is more common in women than men. Symptoms then are going to depend on which parts of the brain and spinal cord have been affected. Changes in vision or double vision, difficulties with walking, weakness or numbness affecting one side of the body or one limb, and also dizziness and fatigue are very common. Applegate also telling the Times that she really had to rely on her fellow cast and crew members to make it through filming, including co-star Linda Cardellini, who stepped in and acted like a mama bear. There were moments when she didn't realize how tired she was and Linda would be the one to say, no, that's enough, and wanting them to complete this journey together. And Applegate saying she doesn't know if she's going to return to acting. She's taking the time to just feel things out, see how she feels, work on her strength. Right now, she's focused on taking care of herself, Michael. Uh, and she, you know, she told the New York Times, listen, I I know how I look like and I know there's going to be comments yeah. about how I look. I'm very aware of this. Yeah, I'm not that. accepting this. I thought, I'm pissed. Yeah, I she did. Say, yeah, she did say that. Um, you know, it, it's something MS usually strikes women between 20 and 40 years old. And um, it's just, you know, Selma Blair mm-hmm. has it and she's in a different. She was misdiagnosed for, for a long years, time. Yeah, long for years, for years. And I guess, you know, just pay attention to your body. I mean, it really. Well, she said that the finishing the series was the hardest thing because they were in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. They filmed like maybe two episodes or something in the the uh, showrunner was like, Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We're all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
well, we'll just, we can stretch it out. It can right. be five episodes. You can piece it like, together. She's like, no, let's finish the story. Let's yeah. tell the story. She said it was the hardest thing that she's ever done. And, you know, um, Christine Applegate has had her Screen Actor Guild Award since she was in kindergarten. And Julia and her I had card. a lovely conversation with her on the red carpet because um, cousin Michael lived in Christina Applegate's house. The, Our oh, cousin. She, yeah, the cousin, cousin Michael. Really? Yes, and he lives in her house. She grew up in, in junior high and high mm-hmm. school on Lookout Mountain Road in Laurel Canyon. Wow. So we got her over and Julie's like, my cousin Michael lives in the house you and your mom lived I know. in. And she's like, yeah. She's and I'm like, like what? The double lot one. Yeah, the double yeah, lot yeah. one. Yeah, it was kind of funny. That's a cool little yeah. connection. Really yeah. cool. And uh, so she's literally been acting her whole life. It just, you know, to have to say that, you know, at first she's going through all these health issues and everything and then just have to say, yeah, I know people. I look different. Yeah. I'm 40 pounds heavier. She's not. She's a petite woman. I have to walk. Thank you so much. She had breast cancer um, in 2008. ovarian and fallopian tubes. I mean, she's just gone through a lot. she's so young. Yeah, 50 years old. She's... I believe she's married with a 13-year-old daughter. Yeah, she's married to a so. guy who who's a Dutch bass player in some band. Yeah. But they live in they live in LA, but I I don't know, now it makes me want to um cuz I really liked the first season of Dead to Me. I didn't I t- And I didn't go back I did the second season. I kind of forgot fun. about it. I know. It makes me want to go back cuz it's James Marsden is in it yeah. as well. It and- comes out November 17th, the the third yeah. final season of Dead to Me. And of course, Linda Cardellini, who's fabulous, those they've become very dear friends. So I like knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the preview for the next season. It looks good. It looks good, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And right. anything with James Marsden, too. All right. We're going to talk everything Hollywood. Chris Hewitt is joining us next. We'll be right back. All right. Hooray for Hollywood. Chris Hewitt, who works for the Star Tribune covering movie and theater. You can find him on Twitter at Hewitt2TStrib. And did I get that right? You did. I did. <laughs> and uh, we're here just to talk about uh, what movies you've seen, what, what's going on, what do you know. So you pick a movie and start with that. Well, we could start with a movie that starts on Friday yes. on the get-in time. It Bingo. looks good. It has a lot of Oscar winners in it. Anne Hathaway. Jessica Chastain. Anthony Hopkins, and, Jeremy Strong seems like he will probably be an Oscar winner at some point, mm-hmm. although it hasn't happened yet. I mean, he hasn't even been nominated. Right. So Armageddon time. I'm already it nervous. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a happy movie, does it? it no, no, it doesn't. I saw a little it's bit not. of a clip, and I don't even know what it's about. So it's, tell us. Uh, so it's set in, I think it's 1980, anyway, the early 80s, and a kid is growing up in Queens with his mom, Anne Hathaway, and, and his dad, Jeremy Strong and his grandpa, Anthony Hopkins. And it's kind of just a slice of life, him sort of beginning to understand that his family, although they're not wealthy, is in a more privileged position than, for instance, a black kid who's in his class, who the teachers pick on and who doesn't get the kind of breaks that he gets. And his grandfather is kind of trying to teach him right from wrong. But he gets involved in some sort of shady stuff, and uh, it kind of boils down to, you know, will he figure out how to do the right thing? Is he like what in seventh grade, or what's the age of kids? Sixth shady grade. stuff. Yeah. Sixth grade, yep. yep. And, uh, yeah, we said shady, right? Shady yes, stuff. we did. Just clarify. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nope, yes, we're I would never say. Yeah. Nope, no, we're good. I just need to I know, make sure I wasn't dumping. We all heard it wrong, and I'm watching Grant's face, and I'm doing it in my ear, shady. and I'm doing it What was that word? Sorry to interrupt, guys. No, I know. And it was a Cannes Film Festival. It did quite well there. Okay. People are talking about Anne Hathaway as a potential Oscar nominee. I think she might be missing the 
sort of showy scene that would assure that could okay. be the case. But Anthony Hopkins, I would guess, is going to get nominated. Did you He's like it? Fantastic. Again, it's good. It it's is. good. It is uh, for them, and I think it ends on a hopeful note. For most of the way, it's kind of sad because he's learning some sort of hard Tough truths lessons. about. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I also, and it's beautifully acted. All three of those stars in particular are great. Jessica uh, Chastain plays Marianne Trump, who really? speaks at one of his school assemblies. Yes, which okay. is kind of interesting. At this point, she seems to be still towing the Trump line okay. before she switched sides. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. It's okay. good. All right. All right. Three and a half stars? Uh, I think stars. I gave it three. Two, three you stars. gave it three. Okay. Give it three. Armageddon time. Yes. Terrible title. Ter- it isn't I the most inviting title. Yeah, it really isn't. It comes from, and it's just very briefly referenced in the movie, but early on they're watching Ronald Reagan on television, and he's talking about the direction the country's going in, and he says it's Armageddon. Armageddon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's always such a doom. Okay, so that's they do explain it. All right. Um, anything else opening this Friday? There or is a movie week? called The Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, I want yes. to see this so bad. Starts Friday. Yes. Uh, Tell everyone about it. It is the same guy who made three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, Martin McDonough. And it stars, oh, and he also he made, made the in Bruges, Bruges with these two ki- With these guys. two main actors, yeah. although they play different characters. Mm-hmm. They It's Colin Farrell and uh, Bre- uh, Brendan Gleeson, who was so funny when he was on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago. Yes, he, yes, was. he was. And he versatile. was really good. He was. I think that was probably a good ad for this movie. They play two Irishmen who were friends and who are not now friends. And Colin Farrell is trying to kind of mend fences, and it's a question of if that's ever possible. Can given- we understand them, or is the movie in subtitles? Because I tell you, I I need subtitles for some of these. Accents. They have thick accents. I think you can understand okay. them. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where it gets easier and easier as the movie goes. Although I'm glad you mentioned that because I watched a movie yesterday that also opens this week uh called after sun which stars the guy from normal people mm-hmm. okay. uh, mark pascal and those characters are scottish <gasps> and he has a daughter who's 11 and you can pretty much always understand him he's actually irish so yeah. i don't know what accent he's doing but the scottish daughter who's 11 it, that's so hard to understand is. she talks really fast i that missed probably birth. a third of what she said <laughs> So, Don't you, do you think movies should offer closed caption? <laughs> I do. You know, more and more of them are. are. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that is maybe potentially the next wave because, or open captioning is is the thing they're talking about where mm-hmm. they'll have like a little device you can bring to your seat and oh. it'll do it. Okay. Um, so, so it doesn't have to be across the screen because yeah. I feel, I think both Lori and I, and I think Grant, whenever we're watching anything, like well, well, we, we, watch, we put closed caption on everything. Yeah. I mean, and people with hearing issues. Yes, and, yes. And oh, it just occurred to me we should also talk about Causeway with Jennifer Lawrence, which starts streaming on Friday uh, on Apple Plus. Tell us. There's another that. one that opens this week. Okay. Did you like that? I did very much. She and By- Brian Tyree Henry, who was in If These Walls Could Talk and Get Out, he played mm-hmm. the funny best friend. He of, steals the movie. He steals everything. Everything. Yeah. And he when does. this movie started, I was like, "Holy smokes!" Uh, both Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry potentially steal scenes from everybody they're in a movie with. Is that going to be like too much? And are yeah. they going to be? Nope. They're fantastic together. They play. Uh, It's set in New Orleans. She is just back from Afghanistan where she had a traumatic brain injury, which she's recovering from. He has some secrets that we initially don't know what they are. And they form this kind of uneasy friendship. Maybe it's going to be a romance. Maybe it's not. We can't quite tell. And it's one of those. It's another kind of gentle in terms of plot 
heaviness mm-hmm. movie, but it's sort of two lonely people. Can they help each other right. kind oh, of find a solution? How do we connect? It is beautiful. And both of them are so good. And oh, in fact, Brian that. Tyree Henry in particular, because he hasn't done a lot of dramatic work. He's more often been kind of comic reliefish. Mm-hmm. His performance is just beautiful. I think oh. people are going to be knocked out by Causeway. Him. Causeway, yep. yep. So that's why she did the New York Times interview. Yep, that's what she's pretty in depth because she talked about quitting her agency and they were doing the wrong things. And Adele tried to talk, talk her, her out, out of, of doing Passenger or whatever that with, terrible movie the one where was. Where she with, was in space with Chris thought, Pratt, yeah, and Chris Pratt's butt. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember <laughs> she was here doing a press tour for it was for the first Hunger Games, and she and Josh Hutcherson both came, and I interviewed them downtown, and she was so frank, and I mean, she was really young, like seventeen or something yeah. like that. So frank, so smart, so like engaged and curious, and I was like, gosh, I wonder if the industry, yeah, yeah, if you know, being PR'd with an industry of her life and stuff is going to beat that out of her, but it doesn't seem like it is. She's still pretty frank. Yeah, very and. And um, she uh, she's dropped out of the movie Bad Blood, where she was going to play Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, I didn't hear that she, she had dropped yeah, out. Yeah, this was just today that she dropped out because she watched the dropout. Yeah, with Amanda Seyfried, and said she was so fantastic. Why do we need to do this again? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because she's worked with that director quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't. Mm. Uh, Damaged relationships. Well, we just haven't seen Jennifer Lawrence in anything in a long time, so that's good. Uh, she was in three bad ones in a row. I feel like the mop. Oh, she lady, was. Yeah, the mop, the mother, space, mother, and mother. She was in Don't Look Up. That was just last Christmas. Did anyone like that though? We never watched it. I. Th- it's worth seeing. Is it? She's okay. good in it. It's not fantastic, but you know, it's Netflix, no, so you no. can. No, there's too much good stuff out there. Yeah, I'm just gonna take a hard pass on that one. I remember you talking about last year, Julia and I were just like, like, we're never watching that. And it was got it had everyone in it, didn't it? Yeah, Kate Blanchett. We we felt unnerved with 2020, 2021. We're like, do we need to see an asteroid thing, climate change thing? It made us nuts. It had a twist to it, didn't it? It did have a twist. The twist is not the best part of it. But I'm getting a sense that Armageddon is not you guys' favorite no, right no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> it is a like disaster right now. Yeah. Yeah. We've been in a permacrisis, Chris. That's yes. the new word today. The Webster Dictionary. Okay, so getting back to ba- Banshees of Inerition, how do you say it? Inisherin, I Inisherin. think. Did you like that? I did, very much. You did? Yeah. And um, do you think that that's like, will guys also like that movie? Do you think that that would be a good date movie? Um, I mean, it's not a date movie in the sense that it doesn't have a ton of romance or yeah. anything, but I think so. The it would guys, definitely give you stuff to talk about. Yeah, because uh, guys you know, don't get it; they don't get their feelings explored very often on film. And we don't see a ton way. of movies about male friendship. I no, don't we think, don't either. I mean, probably more than female friendship. Yeah. Now that I say that out loud, yeah, just because yeah. we get a lot more guys than women. But right, yeah, I think I think it, it, it's and it's a movie that's apt to be around uh, in the Oscar race too. Yeah, so I think it's gonna. Well, you know, speaking of Oscar winners, I watched over the weekend The Good Nurse with Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne Mm -hmm. about the true story about this woman who's a nurse who becomes friends with this other nurse and then finds out he's killing people. people. And he's maybe the biggest serial killer in the United States, maybe. You know, I won't say the number. You can wait till the end of the movie. But they were both so good in that and i thought this movie the good nurse probably would have never done anything if it had been released in a theater i don't know you know i almost had the opposite reaction i kind of wish it had because i feel like it's 
going to have this thing that happens with streaming movies where like maybe you talk about for a week and then it just kind of vanishes and it doesn't really... Because yeah. it would be in the awards conversation ah. for sure if it were in theaters. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. The pretty... theaters do do that. They make mm-hmm. it, they just set it up in a different category. If it's people the legitimacy. I think so. It seems yeah. like it deserves like that, stamp. that okay. yeah. uh, vehicle more. But maybe this movie was too short. It was two hours. Well, that's no, a good I don't movie. Think so. Well, I know, but like sometimes theatrical releases are. Or you want an epic? Well, they're just not, usually you don't get that many short movies, and I wondered if that goes into it, like, ah, there's not enough in this movie, they give us more story, but they just, you know, gave the story, and, you know, and I was like, look at these two, you know, movie stars, and they're just in this Netflix, but I saw Jessica Chastain, and she was so moved by the woman who was the good nurse. She's such a good actress. She is Jessica Chastain. She really, don't you think? Yeah, I'm a fan, although I do not think she should have won for playing Danny yeah, Faye. I, I thought the makeup didn't. was problematic. But right. I she should have won for something. She should have won for Molly's but, Game. I still love that damn movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. I know. Yeah. we got to take a quick break. Okay. With Chris here from the Star Tribune, we're talking movies. There's some a lot of action, a movie action happening locally here that maybe we can talk about uh, with Chris here. We'll be right back. Okay, so Chris, you know, we're talking uh, uh, to you about everything uh, movies, and we're, you're recommending the Banshee movie. We're, what else are we recommending? Causeway, Causeway on Netflix with Jennifer Lawrence, Armageddon Time, Armageddon, Armageddon Time, Time. In, the theater. in the theater. So last weekend, a movie opened, and uh, I know Julia and I both watched the CBS Sunday Morning religiously every week, and we saw the interview with Kate Blanchett. Yes. And you watch it religiously. Yes. I mean, it's such a great show, it's just right? So, mm-hmm. It's so it's like get... maybe the best show on all of television. I love it. And I'm always saying to people, I heard somewhere, I can't remember where I right. heard, and then right. I'm like, oh yeah, it was CBS Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. <laughs> yeah, my mom and I discuss it, Julie and I, I mean, it's I think so... Grant, you watch it's... it once in a while. And... Yep. Anyway, but uh, it's I... long form storytelling yes. that you don't get on TV. And Kate oh. Blanchett talking about making this movie Tar. Mm-hmm. And even I would love the interview. I love the idea of loving a movie about a conductor, but yet I find I am not one bit interested in watching a movie about a conductor. I mean, I can promise you there's no Armageddon in it. Yeah. If that helps. What is it? I mean, it's three hours long. So that might be one thing that's keeping me. I already hate it. I already hate it. So renowned musician Lydia Tarr is days away from recording the symphony. Is this a true story? First of all. No. Okay. Okay. Did you like it? Very much. Very much. Mostly because of her. She's spectacular. All right. She's a struggling mom. People are trying to work against her. Well, it's, I mean, one thing, one proviso I actually have about it is it's kind of a Me Too movie. Uh Uh The first essentially Me Too Too movie where the perpetrator is a woman and the victims are women. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that is a man's story to tell. If we were going to have that movie, which is already a very, very rare phenomenon. I can't think of a single one. Oh, yes, I can. Soccer. The soccer team. Okay, soccer team, yeah. But it seems like it might benefit from... A woman film- filmmaker's viewpoint, mm-hmm. but having said that, uh, Kate Blanchett is spectacular in the movie. She's this. She, she she was mentored by Leonard Bernstein, according to the right, movie. right. And basically, the sense you get is that she was in this man's world, and she She's almost tough. has learned to behave like, like a, a man. man. And so she doesn't think anything about 
behaving like a man and acting like a man and right. being bad. So she's surprised when these allegations are brought forth. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere is All really right. interesting. It's now fun I to see, see it. Hey, Lori, there you go. It's, what did you give it? Three out of four? And a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Oh, you did. Okay, because right, this is going to be a word show uh oh for, for sure Kate she'll Bunchen. get a nomination so i have to see it i'll watch it for us julia now yeah. that i know well, it's too long the for conducting me. is the smaller piece of it and the story is the bigger the dynamics i didn't want to see too women. many symphonies you know what i'm saying there's some of that but it's also fascinating to watch her as a conductor because yeah. you can tell that she trained True. yeah yeah musically because yeah. you could tell Lloyd which way the stick is going. oh yeah oh, for sure is he doing it the, is she doing it the right way or is she doing it the wrong way okay so tar all right let me ask you this <laughs> i'm tennis elbow thinking about conducting <laughs> have you seen wakanda forever yet no i see it next week okay. you do and here's you the question. here's Uh-oh. the question reviews are being held until two days before the movie Opens on Thursday, November 10th, and no press was invited to the Hollywood premiere last week or tonight in New York. What does that mean? It sometimes is a bad sign, but not always. Sometimes it means there might be like a big plot point that they don't want to start filtering out. I have heard it's good. Okay, you So I feel like this is not, in this case, a bad sign. Because Disney's already leaked the big thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I know what us. it is. I'm not going to spoil it, but they've already leaked. Oh, I don't know what it is either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lori's so, going to text all of us after the show. Yeah, no, Roger Friedman just was like, when, but he said Disney is doing a lot of closed premieres to the press. And he is, you know, independent, longtime, you know, entertainment reporter. And he just, he just doesn't like that idea that, um, you know, a studio would just close something down to the press because he said everybody adheres if they say two days before you know we do that yeah they usually do but i also don't think it's necessarily and i know this seems weird coming yeah. from me the press is right to see movies early i mean yeah. i always kind of try to remember that i am grateful that they're willing to show me the movie yeah. four days ahead of time so i can meet my deadline yeah so i don't i think he's okay. being a little bit of a crab on okay this he's being crabby all right but wakanda forever they're saying it's like gonna do 175 million the first i've weekend. heard 200 yeah 200 I've, yeah it's the movie it's the latest movie that's gonna save the movie business right right <laughs> and then just real I, quickly um this netflix movie all quiet on the western front it was at the yes. Toronto Film Festival. I don't know if it's a, it must be a remake of the 1930 movie. And wasn't that a book too? It was, yep, yeah, by Eric Maria Mark. Uh, but that, they're saying it's one of the greatest war movies that many of these critics have seen. Have yeah, seen I it? haven't seen it. No, okay. I haven't seen it. And in fact, I was thinking it was a series. It's not, it's just a movie. It's a movie. It, it premiered at the International Film Festival and it's Germany's. Uh, Submission for Best International Feature Film for the Oscars this year. That could be an interesting perspective because it's set during World War One. So and it takes place in Germany. And I mean, like Casey's like he goes, that is such a great. That's an unbelievable story. It is well, yeah. Quite I've seen the original, front. yeah, which right. is great, actually. which is great. So and one best picture. They're okay. loving this Netflix thing uh, movie, and I don't know if it's out yet. I'll look. It isn't. While well, you two talk, I'm almost positive it okay. isn't. Okay. Um, okay, so I've been obsessed with Bow Bridges. Since 1975. How did I not know that? that. When we watched The Other Side of the Mountain, the Jill Kinmont skiing story, the tragic skiing act, act, and he kind of saves her. And then 
whatever happens at the end, people probably know the end because it happened in 1975, but I loved that movie. No spoilers for the 47-year-old no, movie. No spoilers, <laughs> and we had the friend who was in the polio machine at the time. I mean, oh, I just I remember about everything about that movie. It had a huge impact me. We were a skiing family. That was that era when the ABC had the movie of the week. Do you yes. remember how awesome that was? Oh, yes, yeah. Was. So he was in town making this movie. Did you get to meet him when he was here for the Twin Cities? No, Film I visited Fest? the set before he came. Okay. I, he, he was only here for, well, actually the week we're currently in is the week he's here for uh, shooting mostly, I think, indoor scenes because his character's hospitalized. Well, what lovely up. weather Minnesota's delivered to Mr. And Bridges. he's Jeff Bridges' brother. I mean, I just think he's a great actor. I really like him a lot, too. And the woman who wrote and stars in this movie you're referring to, Days When the Rings Came, which is such a hard title to say, yeah. yes. uh, told me that she couldn't think of any... Yeah, Marissa Coughlin told mm-hmm. me she couldn't think of anybody else to play her dad. His character is based on her dad in the movie mm-hmm. and her kind of caring for him in his potentially final days and... She wrote him a letter and said, I want you to be in this movie. And he wrote back and said, okay, I will. Oh, oh I want amazing. to write him a letter and tell him to be on our show. I just, I don't know. He just. So I, they're filming this movie they're, they're here They're filming now. it right now. West yes. Metro. Yeah. It's Shorewood, Excelsior. And mm-hmm. what's it called? It's called. Days When the Rains Came. Yeah. It's oh, a quotation from the song Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Which, by the way, he won't sing that song in concert. No, which he's I think a is so butt. rude. But this, <laughs> this sounds kind of like an interesting story. And she sounds merciful. Is it Coughlin? Coughlin. She sounds interesting. Yeah, I liked, I only chatted with her probably for 20 or 25 minutes in between shots on the set, but she's, you know, she's really bright and she's written a bunch of screenplays. This one's based on her life. And she, I love this phrase. She characterized it to me in our conversation as learning to fall in love with your own life. And I'm like, we kind of all need to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Star in your own life. That's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, everybody, you know, obviously they would say this, but the people on the set I chatted with all said it's the script that made us want to do this movie. So yeah. I'm kind of hopeful that that it's going to turn out good and that, you know, Minnesota's fall is going to look great on screen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Chris, did anyone send you a link of our four <laughs> movies that we did? No. Our shorts? Okay. I can't You were just it. getting ready for them Julia, last time I was here. we have to send that to Chris yes. because, honestly, you've got to take a look at our amateur movie making. Are you happy efforts. with them? Oh, so happy, such... but we had professional directors. And but you were team. nervous when I was here. Yeah. Oh my God, you can't believe it because we had to, we 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 were doing improv. We were kind of entouraging improv. it. Um, not, you know, having our director set us up and we had different people we were doing scenes with, but no script. We were just being Lori and Julia. Huh. So other That's people... Yeah, but we had a very good director. She had a movie at the Twin City Film Festival, The Sins of the Father, a horror movie. Sins of our father. Vanessa. Vanessa Powers. Oh, yeah, yeah I know that name. And it got a second showing because the first one sold, sold out. out. Nice, yeah. it was yeah. the audience favorite. You're, yeah, so hopefully she's having a bidding war right now in that movie, and then she right. can go back and finish the um, the massive. What is their title? The massive the, weight of un- undelusion. Or the delusional. The massive weight of. D- the, being undelusional? The delusional no, no, life no, 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 of life. Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. The unbearable oh, weight of massively delusional. delusional or something like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mass, trying to do the play on, you know, Nicolas Cage's yes. film. So. Oh, hey, I just thought of a play we should mention. What? Yes. The Best us. Play in Town closes this weekend. It okay. was extended a week. Merrily We Roll Along at Theater Latte Da, the Stephen Sondheim musical. About? It's spectacular. It's about these three people who become friends in the 1950s and kind of make a pact that they're all going to do great things in the entertainment business. And then their friendship develops and then starts to buckle under the weight of success. But the interesting thing about it is it's totally reversed. 
So we meet them when they're unhappy and bitter and no longer friends. And then scene by Goes scene, back. we start oh, to that learn. Peter is he's so, so brilliant. Oh, he's the greatest. Peter Austin. Wow, Peter that Dr. sounds good. Sunday. Merrily we roll along through. Okay, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. It's thank so you. great to see you. All right, All right. we'll be Yep, we'll be back. Mm-hmm. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 